Welcome back to Do We Like Movies. I'm your host, Angel. And I'm making random Ewok noises that say I'm your host, Javi. <laughs> and uh, we are here at Return of the Jedi at long last. The last film of the original Star Wars trilogy. Finally! It feels like it's <laughs> taking us forever to finally get to this point. I, it really it really has. I mean, to be totally honest, we started this series in May. We are now in mid to late September. I mean, it's mostly our fault because there's been hiatuses in between that have like kind of dragged this series out a little bit longer than we would have hoped. How but. dare we have lives outside of our <laughs> stupid podcast. Um, but yeah, this week we're talking about uh, Return of the Jedi, which is the... Uh, third and final uh, movie in the original Star Wars trilogy. We have reviewed eight, well, once we're done with this one, we have reviewed eight Star Wars movies. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that freaking crazy to think about? It is. <laughs> it is. And we've, and essentially we've, like, this is a series that, as of right now, at this point, it's gone over 65 years of, like, world building or something. Like, the equivalent, right, if we're going yeah. on the Star Wars timeline. So it's like, oh man, it's really is a fucking saga, dude. Well, it's crazy when you consider the fact that this movie is the last, like you know, like once the story ends with Return of the Jedi, this was it for a while. We will never. I mean, yeah, we get the prequel trilogy that comes a decade later, that starts a decade later, but we never get back to what happened after this until 2015. Yep. Like, that is pretty incredible to think about. Uh, this movie is from 1983, so it came out three years after The Empire Strikes Back. Um, <laughs> right away, I'm going to say that, in my opinion, Return of the Jedi falls victim to kind of the slump that comes with third films in a trilogy. Mm-hmm. We've seen it before with Rise of the Machines for Terminator 3. We saw it with Spider-Man 3. We saw it in Friday After Next. All the third movies in any franchise usually fart. <laughs> well, most also uh, Matrix, the Dark Knight Rises as well. Matrix, Matrix Revolutions, Revolutions. Robocop 3. The or, only exception to the rule is Return of the King, which won the Oscar for and, Best Picture and swept the Oscars. And Indiana Jones yes. in The Last Crusade. Very well. Even though those technically weren't really, like, they weren't really a chronologically told story. It was just Harrison Ford punching things <laughs> and being the worst archaeologist ever. Yeah, I mean, Iron Man 3 does the same thing. It's just, Alien 3 sucked. Yeah. Man, 3, just, if you're the third movie, you're gonna suck, aren't you? I mean... We, the third film in the new trilogy will be coming out in December, so we will see how this whole story comes to a close. Um, well, maybe they, you know, they broke the curse because the second one in the new trilogy sucks. Ooh, hot take! I am gonna dispute you on that when we get to that episode. Yeah, you're gonna be alone on that one. <laughs> I'm the one that has the internet on his side this time. I'm the one who has the higher ground in this <laughs> argument. <laughs> Um, yeah, so this film uh, originally was supposed to be called Revenge of the Jedi. And That's, uh, not, I'm glad they didn't go with that. Well, uh, apparently one of the reasons it's it's been uh, speculated that one of the reasons why George Lucas decided not to do that is because he didn't want 
the word revenge to be associated with Jedi's because he thinks of them as being more noble than. Yeah, are they though? Are they really? That's what George Lucas likely thinks. Yeah, I'm not saying it's what I think. Yeah, I can already imagine how that like production meeting goes. Just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't want it to be called Revenge of the Jedi. <laughs> he was doing cocaine. <laughs> what was your experience with Return of the Jedi? Uh, honestly, again, kind of like with Empire Empire Strikes Back, I don't really remember what my first experience with it was. I must have watched it on TV. It had to be on TV at some point. Because uh, I do remember the original cut where at the very end, you know, Luke sees the ghosts of all his father figures. And it's just some rando guy. And so I remember seeing that on TV. Uh, I must have been like, I don't know, maybe middle school already. Because it was probably on Spike TV again. Because Spike TV fucking, for some reason, they would play nothing but James Bond, Godfather, and Star Wars. <laughs> Uh, but then I did get to see um, the original cut uh, from that box set that uh, my sister had. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it, I never really had anything special with it. It was weird. Yeah, for me, this is the one that I know I probably had seen on television before, but I really didn't. I felt like I watched it for the first time almost back in 2015 mm-hmm. when I was doing my, you know, so right as uh, Force Awakens was coming out iTunes had a special where you could buy all three of the original trilogy on iTunes for like 40 bucks or something like that, oh, right? Oh, shit. Like, it was something super cheap. Yeah. And that's why I have, like, all of them, like, on, on streaming now mm-hmm. is because I bought them at, at the same time. And this is the one where I was like, all right, well, I definitely have to watch it. I mean, all I really knew about this one going into it was... This is where the Emperor shows up, and it's been memed to hell. Like, yeah. And the other one is Ewoks, because they've also been memed to hell at this point. And so Ezekiel Elliott. So this is the, uh, this is the, like... This is the meme one of the trilogy. Yeah. It feels like of all the... Yeah, because this one has... It's a trap. It has, like, the... It has the fucking, uh, the Emperor. It has the Ewoks. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that was memed. Um, I guess the Sarlacc, this is where the Boba Fett jokes come from, that he never does anything. Yeah. Like, yeah, this one definitely doesn't feel like the strongest of the franchise. No, but it actually was the one that was met with the most fanfare. Like, I mean, people were fucking ready for this movie when it came out in the Mm. 80s. I can't speak too much to that, because obviously I wasn't alive when this movie came out. If you're from the 80s, tell us how hyped you were for this movie. (laughs) Because Um, I'm assuming that, you know, everybody was just wearing fucking, I don't know, acid wash jeans and, I don't know, Technicolor windbreakers and shit. Well, I feel like this is the movie that was like, this is the one that kids really wanted to flock to, right? Because by this point... E.T. had come out the previous year. It was a massive global success. Um, it was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Picture. And even... Uh, so the movie that actually won in 1982 was Gandhi. And it was directed by Richard Attenborough. Mm-hmm. Who most people will mostly remember as uh, John Hammond from Jurassic Park at this point. What? <laughs> no way! But um, when he gives his speech... Um, when he accepts the award for best picture, he actually gives a shout out to the movie E.T. and Steven Spielberg, which is likely why Spielberg brings him into Jurassic Park the next decade. 
Hey, do you want to play the fat old capitalist that uh, pretty much butt fucks everything? Sure, why not? Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, like, I feel like this is probably one of those movies that was really hip for its time. Um, it was most accessible to a lot of Gen Xers, which is why I think earlier internet memes have, have existed with a lot of these. Uh, a lot of them come from this film, right? Oh yeah, totally. Um, it's a trap! <laughs> I will say this is definitely, to me, a come down from The Empire Strikes Back. I felt like, you know that feeling that we got when we watched uh, A New Hope and we saw there were certain portions of the movie where they CGI'd so much of it that you almost felt like you were watching like George Lucas trying to Phantom Menace his own movie? Yep. Uh, this is the other movie that did that in this franchise. Like, yeah. notice that we didn't talk about the CGI at all, like, in Empire Strikes Back. Because they did not touch it. They I mean, did they not... did. They made changes, but they were very subtle about well, it. Well, they didn't touch it to the extent they touched these movies. Yes. Like, honestly, like, you know, pulling the curtain back a little bit, guys, we literally just finished the movie and jumped right into recording. And holy shit, is the last, like... Like, everything, I would be okay with everything up until the last, like, five minutes of what they've retouched in this film, you yeah. know? But anyway, let's get into this movie. Uh, the movie does pick up at the end of, I mean, right after where Empire Strikes Back leaves off, right? Uh, our heroes have been separated from each other. Um, it starts with the droids, uh, you know, coming to... Where Jabba the Hutt Slayer is at. Yep. Uh, because Boba Fett, you know, at the end at the end of Empire Strikes Back, he captures Han, takes him to Jabba, and uh, they arrive to at the behest really of the rebels to kind of help free Han Solo. <laughs> you gotta remember everyone's in a really shitty place, right? So Luke lost his hand, finds out Vader is his father. Um and is pretty much having, like, a weird, like, identity crisis. Absolutely. He wears black in this movie, so you know he's, like, not sure of which side he's on. <laughs> he's suddenly wearing black all the time. He's got a he's, green lightsaber, so. He's playing metal music. He's just <laughs> going around talking about hip-hop lyrics. We sound like every 90s parent mad at, like, their teenage kid. Yeah, but you know what? He's going through his uh, Anakin Skywalker phase. But a lot less, like... Annoying. A lot less annoyingly angsty yeah. than Anakin was in the prequel trilogy. And then you got Han, who's completely out of... You know, he's he's been captured. He's in Carbonite. You don't know if he's fucking dead. And then, you know, like, the the leadership is pretty, of the Rebel Alliance is pretty much solely on Leia... Who she's trying to hold it together while she has all this craziness going on, right? So the film opens up with the the droids trying to like open negotiations with Jabba the Hutt on the on the behalf of Luke Skywalker to get uh, to get Han out of Carbonite, right? So we see like a much darker version of Luke in this film to the point where he. Uh, offers the droids as part of the um, as part of the trade, right? And Jabba takes him up on that offer, ends up taking the droids, and like reprograms, uh, or you know he has C three PO be his translator because no one can understand whatever the goddamn mess he says. And R two D two is just the utility droid. Meanwhile, you got 
Leia trying to, you know, infiltrate Jabba the Hutt's lair at dressed up as a bounty hunter, uh, trying to uh, collect the bounty on Chewbacca. And then you, the whole time you have one guard that seems to stand out who's wearing like a weird costume. Like you can tell that guard is human, but not really. Like they look off, right? So Jabba ends up unfreezing Han in order to, I believe it was, this was when Leia was trying to like force the, force the transaction to happen. She ends up getting captured. And that's when we see Leia in that sexy barbarian bikini armor thing that gave nerds around the world boners for like 30 years. <laughs> yeah, again. I felt so bad for Carrie Fisher. At yeah, that. so do I. I like, mean... she was such a good character, and Leia's like character development was so amazing throughout the original trilogy. Just for it to be like boiled down to fucking nerd porn. And, like, just a bunch of people ravaging their chuds to, you know, her in that hot... Can we not talk about this? sticky <laughs> metal bikini that... What? Oh, sorry, I forgot where I was going with that. Yeah, let me just not get into that. Again, I wasn't around when this... I mean, like, I wasn't growing up when this movie was coming out, so I don't have any kind of weird adolescent connection to it yeah me I neither should, me neither <laughs> i went to it as a full-ass adult and <laughs> to me again just like you said it just was like all right well you know this is carrie fisher let's not do this to her <laughs> yeah let's not put her in a sexy skimpy <laughs> outfit all right can you continue no okay oh sorry <laughs> are we recording a podcast <laughs> so she ends up being captured, and she's forced to be his weird, like, pseudo-slave. I thought you were going to say sex slave. I was, I was really trying to avoid the word sex slave. <laughs> and then, um... So in order to kind of save the day, Luke comes in, just fucking, like, all swagged out in this weird, like, black... Black-on-black black outfit, Yeah, right? I mean, it's it's a... Okay, so it's a character change that makes sense, right? Like, I mean, I guess it makes sense considering where he was at. I think the part that feels a little weird to me is I feel like Luke Skywalker's, like, entire arc in this movie feels completely separate from everyone else. Yep, a little like, bit. He feels like he's in his own movie. Well, also, I mean, you could say the same thing in uh, Empire Strikes Back. He kind of does the same thing. Like, yes. the, the plot splits into plot A and plot B, and he's, But in it my feels opinion, connected. Eh, is to it me, To me, it feels very... Like, in, in terms of tone, yeah, tonally it felt connected. Yeah, tonally. There was some goofy stuff with Yoda, for sure, mm-hmm. right? But, it, but you know, where you had, like, the Tauntauns and all that other weird shit going on, like, it didn't feel that out of place. This feels like Luke is in a story that's a lot more personal and grim, while everyone else is in... Ewok land. I mean, the first part of this movie is definitely darker in tone. Mm-hmm. You know? This, I mean, this... I guess, uh, with the exception of the, you know, musical number that takes place in Java's oh Lair. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> that was the beginning of the whole fucking phantoming of this movie, and it was fucking stupid! I was like... It was like two minutes, and I'm like... What the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> well, you know what's funny is that, like, it's one of those things where, it, like, I guess it shouldn't make sense, and you're like, this, like, you know, this shouldn't be happening this way. 
But uh, I remember Arkham Knight, or one of the Arkham Batman games, there's like a Joker, you know, like singing number, which is actually done by Mark Hamill. Where yeah, he's like, but it's fucking great! Because you know why? That's when like Batman is struggling with his sanity, and then he like sees the Joker who may or may not be dead, and the Joker to fucks with him is like, I'm gonna sing a love song about you. Yeah. And you know what? In that situation, when it's something like that, it does like musical numbers in movies I when mean, done right. It was the early '80s, and the Jabba like song that takes place in his hideout is fucking funky. It's weird. It is, is weird. It is. it is weird. It's Again, it's it, this movie feels like a. It feels. I think part of the problem that I have and why it feels like the weakest of the three in the original trilogy, is because I don't think this movie understands what it's going for in terms yeah, of tone. Agreed. They don't know if they want to be a goofy, fun romp. They don't know if they want to be a war movie. They don't want. They don't know if they want to be like weird coming of age like family story so they're like fuck it we're gonna be all three yeah it's just to me like the storyline and the plot is is almost kind of lazy like it's the Darth Vader uh, you know the Empire side of things is they're building another Death Star Oh no, we haven't seen that again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and we're gonna see that again. And then we're gonna see it fucking again in the next one! Yeah. Um, and it's just like, I don't know, it just, it feels like they're treading, they're, they're treading, like, terrain that they've already hit before. They're gonna make Death Star 3 in The Rise of Skywalker, I fucking know it, I already fucking feel it in my bones. <laughs> and it's gonna be really fucking annoying, cause they're gonna rename the series just Death Star in the series. Well, it's probably gonna be, like, where, like, Kylo Ren and Rey have their final massive dance number. <laughs> turns into a music. I know, we're like thinking that Rise of Skywalker is gonna be like really dark and put everything together and watch it be like the fucking just, there'll be Ewoks and shit by the time we get in there. Oh my god. So uh, Luke goes in and when he tries to make Jabba an offer he can't refuse Jabba says, fuck you <laughs> and throws him into the Rancor pit, Yeah. which I think is hilarious he goes in with one of those weird little pig guards because you know that guy's just there to get eaten. <laughs> yeah. No, okay, so the first time I watched this, and I saw that, like, the first half, like, the first half of this movie is Luke trying to escape obstacle courses. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You're right. That's what the first half of this movie like, is. To the point where I'm just like, wow, like, did it really take that much effort to write the script for this? Because it's like, the first one is a rancor. And then you have the Sarlacc pit. Like, you back-to-back. Back. Yep. <laughs> like, like, Jabba the Hutt just has these massive monsters laying around. It feels like levels in a video game. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. And that's exactly what happens. Luke ends up fighting his way out of the Rancor pit. He kills the Rancor by, like, like throwing a rock at the door, and then the door crushes the Rancor. Which, okay, I do want to say this. Using practical effects, the Rancor, very impressive. For what, what what year would this be? Eighty two, eighty three, eighty three. Very well, impressive. Well, they filmed it in eighty two. It was released in eighty three. Very impressive using practical effects to have such a big monster. Yes. So growing up, the scene of this movie's that I have seen before I actually watched this movie was the Battle of Endor on Endor. Yep. And 
this scene of Luke in the Rancor pit. Because yeah. the Sarlacc pit, I did not see until I was an adult. Mm -hmm. Or at least I don't remember until I was an adult. But this scene, I absolutely saw. And I think I was on HBO at some point, And I was watching it at my cousin's house when I was little. And I was trying to figure out what the hell it was. Mm -hmm. Right? But it was just like this part of the movie. And then we just got bored and we moved on to something else. <laughs> I didn't know it was Star Wars. Because it's, it's very un-Star Wars. Yeah. Because you go back to this planet we haven't been to since A New Hope at this point, and it just, you're, you're not used to it anymore, you know? Because it's, it's no longer about the Empire. Like, at least this first act is just about, you know, a heist gone wrong, really. Well, and the scene that we saw in the cut of New Hope that we were watching, where you get the scene with Jabba and Han, it at least feels somehow connected to that a New Hope movie. Yeah. But it feels really different at the same time. It definitely does feel like it doesn't belong. Yeah. With the other... With the last movie we watched. It really doesn't. It's so... Like, I, I can't explain just how strange the experience of watching this is. You know why this takes me out of the series for a little bit? And I think part of it is at least in that added scene in A New Hope when Jabba has the goons... They look like still Star Wars goons, you know? But then when you go to Jabba's palace, it looks like something from fucking Dune or fucking uh, Conan the Barbarian. Like, like the everyone's costume is different suddenly. Everyone looks like a fucking Viking or, like, some sort of weird monster guard. Like, I'm gonna have to say, it, it looks like something a fucking Jim Henson movie would do. Yeah! Like, yeah, I like from Dark Crystal like, or some shit! I literally feel like I'm looking at puppets. It's weird! <laughs> it is so... It, it, it takes you out that suddenly you have a Jedi Knight with a fucking lightsaber fighting these guys with, like, axes. You know? And uh, so, Mandalorian is going to come out pretty soon. Ugh. Boba Fett Can't is wait. in this. Well, What I'm, do you think of Boba Fett in this movie? He's fucking useless. Doesn't do anything. All he does is get thrown in the fucking Sarlacc pit. He is... <laughs> I feel like, yeah, Boba Fett is the greatest character that is never used effectively. And never does anything in the entire series. <laughs> Absolutely. No, it, 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 Django did more... And he was killed. <laughs> like, it is super... It's super weird because... Like, so many people love Boba Fett in the 80s. And even to this day, still do. And it's like, he doesn't do much. And he gave rise to all this lore about the Mandalorians. And it's like, how could so much cool shit come from one character who does nothing, you know? I mean, that kind of stuff does happen, right? Like, you do... Sometimes you, you can take ancillary characters... And turn it into something completely different and spectacular, right? Like, that, that kind of stuff can happen. Um, they did it with Rogue One, where they took all these side characters from the series, and they put in original characters and created something new, right? But that's different, because you, like, that's actually putting in time to create characters, I'm talking about... Darth Maul, I guess, is the only other good example of that in the series. Where he's a character that looks really fucking cool. Does People nothing. People love him. Does nothing. And then I you create this whole ass backstory for him, you know? Oh, this, yeah, the cartoons do yeah. it. And the funny thing is, I think the reason why Darth Maul is so much better in Solo mm -hmm. than he was in Episode 1... Is because it just it's so you get the backstory from from the 
cartoons. Yep. I had to watch the backstory like on YouTube, like in all these like separate video clips to kind of get the understanding of who this guy was. Yeah. And also the new voice that they gave him in that movie that was great. So yeah. I'm hoping again, I'm hoping that the Mandalorian series gets to do this for Boba Fett because people love him. I don't care enough about him, unfortunately. Like he just again, he doesn't do anything. So I care me, more about Django. Like yeah. tr- between these two, like and that's I, the I, mean, thing. I don't care about either of them to be totally honest. Well, that's the thing. Like the Mandalorian or, or I think uh, all the extra series that go on go through go to such pain painful lengths to prove how badass the Mandalorians are. Well, I think that's my that's that's my I guess the where we differ is because I'm not uh, I haven't really paid attention to the EU stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like all that stuff is nothing to me. Mhm. Well, now you're gonna because if Mandalorian does come out, you probably will watch it. So. Yeah, I'm gonna get Disney Plus, so it will get watched. I know we're gonna feed the fucking machine, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're already feeding the machine when we watch Rise of Skywalker this December. <sighs> Can't wait for that epic dance number at the end, man. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be so fucking sick. <laughs> They're gonna have to teach Chewbacca about Wookie Christmas. <laughs> Oh god. Anyway, so yeah, so they end up freeing uh, by they I mean Luke. Uh, Luke, Leia, and company are able to fight off uh, uh, Jabba's guards. They're able to free him uh, or free uh, who was it? Han, Chewbacca, the droids. Turns out that guard, the human-looking guard, was actually Lando, who was in on the in on the plan. Uh, and this was really interesting. We see that really cutthroat side of Luke where he doesn't clue in 3PO on the plan. He mm-hmm. just tells R2-D2 because R2-D2 is the one holding his lightsaber, right? I don't think Luke really likes 3PO. I don't, I don't think, think anyone, anyone likes 3PO. Yeah, I mean, obviously nobody likes him. But he's also not going out of his way to get 3PO killed, you know? But this time he's just like, hey, fuck you, 3PO. Well, anyway, they end up escaping and they meet up with the rest of the Rebel Alliance, right? So that ends that weird chapter of the film. Meanwhile, we have the Emperor, who's essentially, you know, taking control of the new Death Star. And he's trying to build the new Death Star. Yes. He didn't feel the need to step in at the end of Empire. But now that this, now that uh, Darth Vader has failed twice, it's when he's like, alright, well I guess I'm going to step in. (laughs) Now I gotta do something. So... They find out that there, or the, by the, the rebels find out that there is a new Death Star, again because somebody gets them more secret plans. You would think that the Empire wouldn't suck at fucking protecting schematics for their Death Stars. Psych. <laughs> Apparently, shit. So they find out that the the new you know Death Star Two electric boogaloo is <laughs> being created. Do we call it Death Star Deuce? Deuce Deuce (laughs) So the Death Star Deuce is being created It's being protected by a shield That's being (laughs) The Deuce Star if you will (laughs) I like that That's canon now (laughs) So the Deuce Star is being protected By a shield that's getting shot Oh you are so proud of yourself (laughs) right now So for some reason The shield is being shot from Endor I guess Yes why? I don't know. <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> also, how's Endor a moon? Like, it's a legit little planet. Yeah, it feels like a real planet with a real ecosystem. Like, it's obviously a forest. Yeah. 
And it's super weird that they just keep writing it off as a just the forest moon. I'm like, but it's not just the moon. Anyway, while the rebels are getting ready to, you know, they come up with this plan to send one team down onto Endor to be able to create uh, destroy the shield so that the rest of the rebel force can destroy the Deuce Star. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, Luke gets a disturbance in the force and he finds out that uh, Yoda's dying. So he goes back to Dagobah where he confronts Yoda. And Yoda's just Story like, goes in all these different directions. It, yeah, it goes in all these crazy-ass you know places. What it, you know what this reminds me of? Even though I do like this scene... I feel like him going to Dagobah out of nowhere in the middle of this movie feels like the Kashyyyk scene from from uh, Revenge of the Sith. The <laughs> like that scene. side episode where they have to go see like Chewie's planet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because for some fucking reason they gotta go there. Yeah. But yeah, so they go back to Dagobah and Yoda suddenly is dying. And this really got to people apparently. In the 80s, if you were a kid and you saw Yoda die, apparently you still have PTSD from that to this day. Interesting. I remember someone was telling me uh, that they considered like Yoda to be like the little pope. And I was like, <laughs> so what, whenever a Jedi Knight molested a Padawan, he just sent them to another planet? And uh, that joke was not well received. <laughs> so... Again, they do this weird thing where certain Jedi just fuck off and die into the Force, and Yoda's one of them, and I guess he can become a Force ghost? Yes, and just you, like Obi-Wan. And you can come back whenever you want. Yes. And you can talk to people. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so you're not really dead. Oh. And I guess. It's so. It's, I mean, Yoda will come back in The Last Jedi. It's very unclear, though, <laughs> how people come back as Force ghosts. Uh, if you are somehow involved with the Skywalkers, you will come back as a Force Ghost. But Qui-Gon hasn't come back as a Force Ghost. <laughs> no, don't grab my mouth. <laughs> so, a after Yoda dies, we get Force Ghost uh, Obi-Wan who tells Luke, Hey, you have a sister, and it is Leia. This feels really clumsy. <laughs> they try so... This is so Like, the clumsy. more we talk about it, the more I realize they did not give a fuck. I'm sorry. This this movie does no favors to Carrie Fisher and does no favors to Leia. I don't give a fuck how much you don't like the scene in Last Jedi where she basically Mary Poppins flies. That yeah, I did movie, hate that scene. That, scene that movie stupid. does more... For Leia than anything in this movie ever. I don't but. know. She got to kill Jabba the Hutt with her chains. In the that. only great scene she gets in this. Yes. Yeah. I was, will oh yeah, it was great. I was like, man, I wish she did that to me. What? What? <laughs> Choke you? <laughs> Choke you with a chain and kill you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Something. Choke me, Daddy. What? What? <laughs> Harder, Zaddy. <laughs> Oh my god, so they go back to, oh, I, I like lost track of who goes where at this point. Yeah, I mean, like, again, they, they it, it splits into two separate stories. One is the Luke and, uh, and Darth Vader and Emperor story, and the other one is the Leia and Han and Endor story. But that's why I'm trying to, like, make sense. Why does this work in Empire Strikes Back, and it fails terribly here? Because the story just... Like, the thing is, like, to me, 
the story just feels like it's a natural escalation, right? Yeah. And I think the problem with the second film in a franchise is that once you raise the stakes from the original movie, you can't really go back. And, like, you can't raise the stakes again. It's like, what else are you going to do now? Yeah, because here they just raise the stakes back to what it was in the first one. It's just the problem is that, like, it just doesn't... Yeah, it, it, it goes from, we're going in this bold new direction now, to, in the third film, okay, we're going to go back to kind of what we did in A New Hope. Yeah, I guess that that makes sense. In that we're running back into a Death Star story, in that... But this time, it's Death Star with daddy issues. (laughs) So, because, yeah, so Luke, Luke, Leia, and Han end up going with the strike team going down to Endor, right? So they're going to destroy the shield. Meanwhile, um, Lando and the rest of the Rebel Alliance are pretty much just waiting in space, just fucking around in space until these guys knock the shield down, right? Yes, it's good to see Lando again. Lando makes no impression on me in this movie. Does nothing other than... I think than that's part of it, too. It's just, like, it. I, I feel like... I mean, he destroys have... the fucking Death Star, and I'm yeah. just like, eh. I think it's like, yeah, he's doing what Luke did already. I've already seen this. Oh, I've already seen this. Um, I do love the fight on Endor, I'll say that. The battle on Endor Wait, which is one? awesome. Which part of the fight were the... Ewoks cannibalize the <laughs> fucking stormtroopers and rip their innards out? Yes. Oh no, that didn't happen. No. I wish. That's, that's the revenge of the Jedi script, <laughs> I'm sure. But man, fucking cocaine fucked this movie up, dude. But yeah, like... the, the like, And that's the other thing, is the battle on Endor... It's so weird to go from Hoth... Where you had such a fucking, like, picturesque, like, ice scape. And just, like, these huge set-piece battles. And then, you you know, you go down to Endor where it's, like, it's supposed to be claustrophobic, right? You're supposed to be fighting in the forest and whatnot. But it's, like, it doesn't have the same weight as Hoth did, you know? It's because the pro- Okay, so the problem with this isn't the actual action scene. Because the action scene is awesome, right? Mm-hmm. The problem is what the threat is doesn't feel as big as what how, it's how it felt last time. Mm-hmm. That's the big problem. Like, the, the to me, the set piece is awesome. Like, I love this set you piece. You think so? Like, I thought it was great. I love the set piece here. I, I don't love it as much as fucking Hoth, Hoth yeah. because that, to me, is like, again, to me, that is the highest point of this entire franchise. Like, I don't think there's a better action sequence in, like, before or since. Mm-hmm. I think this is still really fantastic. I think this is great. Mm-hmm. I think this is... It, it, the stakes feel higher than... I, not the stakes, but at least like the action scene feels broader and bigger than anything in A New Hope, obviously, because yeah. the budget was bigger. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's just, not confined to like the hallways of the Death Star, you know? But I think the problem is just, like, it's just the repeat, right? Yeah. Is that we're going back and we're doing it again. Um, but that said, I do love the location, and I love that this movie... I love, it least, is different, I yeah. love that this movie decided to pick something different and yeah. stick to it. And I also I mean, love it, when we go back to this kind of landscape in Force Awakens. Yeah. Uh, it's just... Yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. It just doesn't feel as important to me. And I, A, I'm probably not the target audience for this because I watched it as an adult. Yeah. B, I didn't watch this in the 80s, so I don't have any nostalgia for this. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess that's the other part, right? Is that your target audience had to wait two fucking years after 
uh, what's it called after um, Empire Empire Strikes Back to get the conclusion of the story. Mm-hmm. So I guess yeah, if you're sitting there waiting for this, it's fucking amazing. But it's like when you're looking back, you really can start pointing at, especially this cut where it, where it's like all the added shit. You can and you really sit there and dissect it. You're like, oh wow, you know. But like, don't get me wrong. I also don't want to completely shit on Endor. I love the speeder like yes. shoots like fight scenes like when they're on the speeders. Going Again, through the forest, that was fucking dope. Kid in daycare that I went to had all the Star Wars toys. He had the speeders and the a- the ATSTs. Yes, and he also made us watch this like movie as well. Like he made us watch at least the Endor battle. Like I didn't watch anything else from this movie, or maybe we watched the whole thing. And I just don't remember because I was so young. Yeah, but I re- I will always remember this fight, uh-huh. which is why I think it's it's the best scene in the. I mean, it's the best action scene, obviously, in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um. Is it the best scene in the movie? Maybe, because even though like I like this, the ending of it, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. There's parts about the ending that I still got problems with. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll try to we'll try to get through it. So, as you can imagine, our heroes end up destroying the. I'm just gonna go, you know, one thing, one weird plot at a at a time, right? Yeah. So first, I'm gonna deal with the with the shield. Surprise! Our heroes managed to destroy the shield. <laughs> That's pretty much it. They managed to destroy the shield, um, and that way uh, Lando and his group are able to fight uh, fight through this weird-ass dogfight. They introduce the Super Star Destroyers, which I don't think gets shown again until Last Jedi. Yeah. Like, that was very Love interesting. Love it. Love it. Uh, that must have been one of those things that was added in. Interesting enough, they added it even to the point of dialogue where uh, Admiral Akbar is talking about it. Um... So I don't cool. know this movie's original version well enough to know if Anakin Skywalker was a name that was included in it when it first came out. That's a good point. I'm pretty sure yeah. it was. I think it was. Because um, my understanding is that nobody knew that name until until uh, Phantom Menace. Really? But I would have to check on the dark recesses of the internet the dark. to confirm something <laughs> like that. The disgusting recesses. Goes to dark web to find <laughs> Star Wars details. <laughs> Hey guys, does anyone know when Anakin fucking IP address immediately copied back sent a kitty tornado? <laughs> but what was it? They end up uh, they end up destroying the Death Star. Um, meanwhile, the Luke storyline is that he finally is able to confront his dad. Yes. So he's told that uh, him and Leia are siblings. He ends up telling Leia again, lazy. And then it's interesting because Leia doesn't want to tell Han, even though there has been a pseudo-incestuous relationship for the past three years between... Like, a weird love triangle between the three of them, right? Maybe she's embarrassed. It's super weird. (laughs) Like, I would be too! That, you know, if I made out with my brother, like, that'd be fucking weird. But now if she was wearing that sexy... What? Oh, I'm sorry, what? Uh, mm. Space incest. <laughs> the saga. Oh my god, dude. So, and then, like, I remember, like, there's this weird part where Han gets super mad because she doesn't want to talk to him. And he's like, man, fuck you then. I don't want to talk to you anyway. And I was like, damn, Han, you're a terrible person. And then he comes back and goes, I should have reacted like that. And I'm like, damn, Han, you're such a gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, like yeah, it, it's interesting that there's a lot of uh, just oh man, like how far these characters have come. Very interesting. 
and then it gets to this movie and it's just like it, it gets shattered <laughs> yeah I agree I think if I like once we get to the end of this series and I'm going to rank all these movies I would say that this movie is bad enough that it will be ranked just above like the prequels I maybe maybe <laughs> because I did not like anything here like I just don't like it's so weird to me it it, it feels like a movie that doesn't really even have to exist a little bit I can see that <laughs> like because uh, I, I, mean, I mean yes you have to have the death of Vader for anything in Force Awakens to make sense but it's just like it to me it just feels like everything in this movie that matters could be condensed into like a 40 minute short film <laughs> like you could have like it would have made more sense to have this be a siege on wherever like the Empire stronghold is as opposed to another Death Star I think the problem is that this just doesn't feel like a war anymore right like yeah. it just and then I think that's what you were you were alluding to as well and I think that's the thing. It's like when we watch the uh, Star Wars story films, a lot of them felt like they were bringing in the actual aspects of war. Mm-hmm. So even though they are taking place in a lot of these same locations, they just feel grander because the stakes feel higher. Yeah. And I think that's just the biggest problem that I have with this. And, and one of the issues that, unfortunately, it is going to kind of bleed into Force Awakens when I get there, is that, like, it just... it's. It's we were going in this direction, and now we're suddenly gonna shift course to something yeah, else. Just hard left. <laughs> I will say I did like the the lightsaber fight between Luke and Darth Vader. Though it is great. That one was pretty sick. It is pretty we good. Finally got to see it. We also got to see like I think this is where the movie does kind of like take an upturn for me, is when they start focusing on one storyline. Yes, the they climax start... of this movie is the main reason to watch it. Then you got, so you have Luke the entire time fighting Darth Vader, and he has this, like, he's having this struggle, this internal struggle of him, like, coming to the dark side and his anger and his baser urges, and he, the way he's attacking Vader, he's just like, no mercy, he's trying to kill him. All the while, he has the Emperor chirping at him about becoming the next chosen one. And all this craziness. And at some point, like, Luke realizes that he is acting out of anger. So he, like, turns off his lightsaber and tells uh, the dark... I mean, tells uh, the Emperor to pretty much fuck off. And then comes the unlimited power! Yes, which I think Ian McDermott is the guy playing the Emperor. It is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, I mean, he is. He comes back. And he just immediately starts, like, shocking Luke almost to death. And then that's what drives Vader to (laughs) finally... No! And that's what drives Vader to finally, like, kind of rip off those bonds of control that the Emperor had him. We get the lovely, super lame no yell again. (laughs) No! I think the rule of this series should be that if Darth Vader lets out a no, that it's going to be one of the bad movies in yep. the series. <laughs> and he picks up a ragdoll, <laughs> Emperor Palpatine, and just throws him, just fucking yeets him into a chasm, where he just, for some reason, he explodes. 
when he hits the bottom. And I was like, okay. So they end up killing the Emperor. And Luke finally shares this moment with his dad. He takes off his helmet. Or I'm sorry, not yet. But he helps him back to the shuttle. Takes off his helmet and he actually gets to see that beneath that beautiful ebony armor of Darth Vader was another white guy. Who looks like fucking Humpty Dumpty. Like, it's, it he is, looks like that fucking weird eunuch dude from uh, Game of Thrones. It, it's, it, okay, I think the prequel trilogy made him look better. When Anakin becomes Darth Vader in that and you see his burn face and all that crazy stuff, yeah. that looks way better than this. Yeah, this looks like he hasn't taken the fucking armor off for 30 years. <laughs> like, that's what's implied. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. This just feels too goofy, and it looks like something that it was never human, looks more monstrous, mm-hmm. and, like, it just doesn't really make sense to me. Like, what the fuck happened to his skin? How did his skin, like, suddenly heal, and he's just, like, pale-faced? And then he's got weird folds in the back of his head, like, <laughs> his skin was stretched and stapled to the back of his head so it can fit a human form. Almost looks like Dan Aykroyd in Conehead. <laughs> yeah! Like, it's super weird. But, uh, eagle-eyed viewers will notice that even though Luke is wearing black, when the, like, the, when the jacket opens up, you get to see the inner lining is white. So you asked me earlier if they mentioned, uh, well, you know, while we were watching it, if they mentioned why he's wearing black. And I told you, no, it was more of a thematic thing, right? So the ham-fisted thematic piece that they were trying to make with Luke's wardrobe is that, yeah, the black represented him possibly joining the, the dark side and him being tempted by the dark side and almost giving in to the dark side. Which I'm okay with. Yeah. But then when you open the jacket... The inside, you know, reveals Luke's intention that his intention was to turn Vader back towards the light side of the Force. Because even though he was showing all those dark behaviors, uh, at the end of the day, Luke still walks by the light side of the Force. And I'm like, okay, that's really cool. I'm totally okay with that. If you had a movie that was dedicated to just that plot point, I would have fucking loved it. It was great. It would have been awesome. But no, you did it. You wanted to go in like seven different directions, and in the last fucking five minutes, you, we were totally like after Empire Strikes Back. That was like the fucking furthest away you can get from episode one through three. Oh no, this movie makes you remind or makes you remember that one through three were totally a thing. Oh right, because the ending, this new like uh, like redone ending, like you're going through all the locations from the prequels trilogy. Yep. And you're seeing everybody celebrate. Because everyone in the universe all found out at the exact same time that the Empire is dead? Because apparently the Empire is easy enough to beat that you just gotta kill the Emperor? And everything yes. else? As will... if there's no such thing as, like, like actual... Like, a, like, like an actual government? Yeah. <laughs> or it's an just... actual army? I mean, I guess it makes sense that if one guy has control over the entire galaxy or universe, that by killing him... You were, like, taking... You are now, like, you know, breaking his power up. And it's like breaking up an empire for sure. Yeah. But it's just, like, obviously there's still going to be some collateral damage from all of this. Yeah, it was super... I mean, and I think I think Force Awakens tries to address that as much yeah. as they can, right? But it's super weird to go back to fucking Coruscant and fucking Naboo. Where else do they go? They go back to... Uh, I, I just remember, of course. Tatooine? Tatooine, yeah. 
It's just, but they go back to weird Tatooine where it's like a like bustling city and not just like a couple huts and a fucking like. It was remastered Tatooine. It was so fucking weird. So um, yeah, I mean, no, wait, the ending, the real ending. Oh. <laughs> where we got the where we got the fucking Ewoks playing drums on the decapitated heads of the stormtroopers. Oh no, wait, it was just their helmets. Yeah. Fucking whack. <laughs> but yeah, we get to, you know, everyone's celebrating, and then Luke looks over and he gets to see his new Force ghost. Yeah. I mean, well, he. Okay, so he had like a ceremonial, like, corpse burning of his father. Who is with the Jedi and burning fucking corpses? <laughs> and then uh, I guess he's just gonna put his ashes in an urn at some point. <laughs> Night <Nah>, eat. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, he will look over, and Darth Vader is now a Force ghost. Yep. Which I hate. Nope, it's Anakin Skywalker, though. Which, yeah. Which, which, you know what's really funny about that is if Luke shouldn't know what Anakin looks like, so he should just look over and be like, who the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> and then the other one is, like, he's the only one who's, like, reverted to a younger version of himself. Yeah, because you and McGregor, like, did wasn't in this scene. <laughs> yeah, and you don't get young Yoda, you still get Muppet Yoda. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, eh, whatevs. Yeah, I'm sorry, but we're at the point where it's just like, okay, do we like Return of the Jedi? I didn't. Yeah, and this is super weird because I remember liking this movie when I was a kid, and watching it now, I'm like, oof, yeah, oof, oof, size large. <laughs> um, agreed. I did not like this movie. I thought it was the weakest. I think it's one of the weakest ones we've seen so far. Um, it it feels as bad as. Episodes one and two to me. It's like, yeah, it's like, very it Phantom menace It is at low levels of enjoyment for this. And it's super, and I get it, like, you get the, I think what saves it is the climax. Yes. And that, you know, that's probably a big reason why a lot of people en- might enjoy this movie. But holy shit, after watching this, I'm starting to go closer to your camp about Empire being the best one in the series. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, now that we're past this, uh, Shit, this is got, it. This yeah. is it for our bi-weekly oh, reviews. We're in the end game now, boys. <laughs> uh, the, the next time we talk about a Star Wars movie is gonna be in November when we come back to talk Force Awakens. Yep. And then in December, we're gonna do our long-hyped, uh, Last Jedi review, which should be great. Yeah, great for me, because I'm going to be fucking vindicated in how shitty that movie is. And then, we're don't forget, we're also going to do the Star Wars Christmas special. <laughs> um, but yeah, now that we're we're going to take a break from Star Wars, we're going to go straight into horror movies. Fuck land. yeah, baby! It's that, my favorite time of year! I am one of those people that, during the month of... Sept- well, late September, and then all of October, I like to catch up on... Horror movies that I love from any time period. Yep. And try to watch some new stuff. So we're going to try to balance it out by watching classic horror movies or movies that everyone has seen already. And then also try to put in, sneak in some stuff that we haven't seen yet. Yeah, we're going to put in some of those artsy movies where your trauma is the real monster. <laughs> and then we're going to put in some movies where monsters are the real monsters. <laughs> Um, so next week, I, uh, by request, we're gonna do the movie Scream. Yep. Uh, which was 
by Wes Craven and came out in 1996, which is actually the movie that saved horror. Like <laughs> that the, the the meta horror movie that redefined the genre in a very interesting way. I'm I super can't. I really can't this. wait to talk about it because a lot of the cultural relevance of Scream is just as enjoyable to talk about as the movie itself. Yep. But, so we can't um, wait. But we'd like to thank everybody for joining us for this ongoing Star Wars series. Thank you for hanging with us through the hiatus that we had. It was just too much life that got in the way of us keeping a regular schedule. Yeah, if I sound a little bit sick, I've been fighting like a sinus infection for the past three days. <laughs> so uh, if anything, you guys should fucking, you know, set up a GoFundMe and send me money. <laughs> Um, yeah, we can't wait to be back and, and talk, scream next week, and go into something a little different. Um, I can't believe that we're at 30 episodes of this show. Holy shit! <laughs> You're the most committed I've been to something in years! <laughs> Except for my girlfriend, I love you, baby. <laughs> um, I'm really excited to see where, the, where this show is going to go for the rest of this year. Um, I'm very glad that we chose to do this franchise. I'm glad that we're done with this trilogy, even though I was very much enjoying the original classic Star Wars trilogy, in mm -hmm. air quotes, I am glad to be out of this now. We get out of episode one through three, and my hype starts going up, <laughs> and then, you know, by Empire Strikes Back, I think my hype is at an all-time high. And then, holy shit, my hype train just got super derailed. Yeah, so, uh, and I'm, I'm actually excited to get into uh, The Force Awakens, because I actually will have a lot of stuff to talk about, just outside of the movie itself, and there may be a, I may have a treat for some of our listeners, and I will not give away what that is. We might have J.J. Abrams on the show, guys. <laughs> that is not it. Yep, but. that's it. Nope. It's canon. <laughs> Alright, so we'll talk to you guys next time. Uh, I'm Angel. And I'm Javi. Later, turns.